You know, there's a dilemma that translators face when they translate something like the scriptures. And that is to whether they would translate them very literally or in a way that can be more understood by modern readers. And so that's kind of the situation we have with today's gospel. Instead of what we read is that actually what Jesus says is that the one servant owed the master 10,000 talents, but the fellow servant only owed 100 denarii. Of course, the master represents God. And we, it's simply translated here as a huge amount and a much smaller amount. Well, let's look at how different these amounts are. A denarius was equivalent to one day's pay for an ordinary laborer. So a hundred denarii is a hundred days' pay. I'm sure anyone here would be upset if we loaned someone a hundred days' pay and they didn't pay it back. But what about 10,000 talents? Well, there were three different kinds. There were copper and silver and gold talents. So we don't know the exact value. It's somewhere between 100 and 164, what do you think, weeks, months, years? Between 100 and 164,000 years of wages. One commentator says, basically like one person owing the entire national debt. That is the big contrast between what we owe the Lord for our sins and what others may owe to us for their offenses against us. A huge amount indeed. So forgiving seven times seventy times is really nothing compared to a hundred thousand years' pay. So what is Jesus getting at? I think very often people of good faith find this gospel very difficult. They think the demand of Jesus is unrealistic. I remember a kindly, gentle widow saying to me, there's someone I'll never forgive. You don't know what she did to me. I remember a man coming into my office when I worked at the factory here in Clyde. He was seething with rage. He couldn't unclench his teeth as he told me the story of one of our former employees, who had wronged him 40 years before. The amount was $20. And here he's enraged at a man who was at that time in his late 50s. I don't think the other fellow would have even have remembered the incident that happened when he was a teenager The failure to forgive is not just something Jesus doesn't like, like he'd prefer we act a different way. It's something that can destroy us. This is the sense of the words of Sirach in our first reading today. Wrath and anger are hurtful things, Sirach says, and the sinner hugs them tight. Could anyone nourish anger against another and expect healing from the Lord? Remember your last days, set enmity aside, and cease from sin. When Jesus says to us today that our Heavenly Father 
will treat us harshly unless we forgive one another from the heart. It's not just because we broke a rule that he set up in a list of many rules, but precisely because we have hardened our hearts against God's forgiveness. Let me tell you a little story from the headlines, kind of the old headlines, but I'm an old deacon, so. Nowadays, we hear about radical Islamic terrorism. But in the 70s, it was a different group, a communist group called the Red Brigades that were responsible for most of the deaths due to terrorism. They would kidnap public officials in Italy and often torture and kill them. They even went so far as to kidnap the president, Aldo Moro, To prove they had him, they cut off his ear and sent it to his wife. Pope Paul VI himself begged, I beg you on my knees to release him. Instead, they tortured him and killed him. They went on to kidnap and kill many public officials, judges and cabinet officials. And they had the custom of gathering together in their small terror groups to watch the funerals on television and to laugh at the weeping families. Well, one time they kidnapped a highly ranked uh, cabinet minister, and they were not prepared for what happened next. I read an account of this, the very words spoken by one of the terrorists who said that they were laughing at the widow as she wept over her husband. But during the funeral, his young son, 14 or 15 years old, stood by the casket and on live television said, I forgive the men who killed my father. The reaction in the scattered terror cells was sudden and dramatic. The terrorists themselves began to weep and to cry out. They turned themselves into the authorities, even though they were facing long prison terms. They ceased their operations, and the Red Brigades were no more. Such is the power of forgiveness. Forgiveness has power. Forgiveness is mighty. It heals relationships. It saves marriages. It soothes the pain of loss and mends the wounds of abuse and neglect. And most importantly, It prepares us for and opens us up to even the greater forgiveness that Christ has obtained for us on the cross. A hundred thousand years wages, such as his forgiveness. A debt as large as the national debt. Brothers and sisters, nowadays we live in a divided world and an increasingly divided American society. Would that you or I could heal those divisions. And maybe we can't, but we can heal the divisions in our own families, among our friends and acquaintances. And it is not I, but it is Jesus who commands you today, forgive, forgive, forgive. Perhaps you were abused as a child. Maybe those who abused you have been dead for a long time. Forgive them. Perhaps those who should have cared for you when you were little 
were too busy selfishly entertaining themselves. Forgive. Maybe a spouse cheated on you. Forgive them. Maybe someone in the church, a priest, a deacon, a sister, a lay employee, said harsh words to you or treated you cruelly. Forgive. 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 If you do not, the anger will do more damage to you than to the person you have not forgiven. Father gave me a wonderful uh, adage yesterday. He said, not forgiving is like drinking poison and expecting the other guy to drop dead. It just doesn't work. Nurturing unforgiveness punishes yourself, destroys our physical, psychological, and spiritual health in the process. Forgive. In fact, decide right now, while I'm still preaching, don't even listen to the rest of the homily, decide right now to forgive a long-standing grudge or offense or wound against you, and watch how free you become. Jesus does not tell us that we must forgive in order to give us one more thing one more rule on the list, but to allow our hearts to be softened, to be filled with his grace and mercy, to become like him and grow in peace and in love. Life is too short. I don't need to tell you this. Life is too short to spend it carrying around a grudge and fostering anger in our hearts or allowing our family and our relationships to be perpetually damaged by a lack of forgiveness. St. Paul tells us in today's second reading, to live for the Lord, for this is why Christ died and came to life, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Christ wants each one of you to live with him forever. He gave so much on the cross and asked so little in return. Ask if it is difficult to forgive. Ask him and he will empower you to forgive so that he can pour out into your souls his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, and his life.